Good morning, Westridge. Good to be here with you in person and online today as we continue our series, uh, Seize the Opportunity from the Book of Ruth, as uh, Scott mentioned. Uh, the Book of Ruth shows a woman who refused to look back in life, uh, longing for what had been. Instead, she focused forward and moved forward, and I think her life provides a good example for us to consider. So today, we're going to look at seizing opportunity in the God incidences. A couple months ago, I was reading a little book that talked about looking for divine appointments, those uh, special moments that God seems to put in place for his followers to step into and, and have a positive impact in somebody's life. And it was a good read. It, it caused me to look back to on times where I had seen this reality take place in my own life. And I journaled that day, Father, help me keep my eyes open for divine opportunities, uh, divine appointments today. So later that morning, I officiated a, a funeral of the husband of a friend of mine from the past. This lady was a part of a family that I had a long history of uh, with as I pastored in Mantino. And in fact, her, bro- her brother and his wife were next door neighbors to ours in Mantino. I saw Cliff and Sharon at the funeral, and before the service, I was talking with them. And Cliff has been on my prayer list for many years. Uh, He's a man who just doesn't know Jesus yet, always been a friend, just never really been interested in spiritual things of of any sort. And as we talked before the funeral, he he and Sharon were detailing some of the different physical challenges that in particular she had been going through. And so as they talked, and uh, I just, I looked at him and I said, hey, Sharon, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah, that'd be great. So I reached over the, reached over the chair, over her shoulder, grabbed her hand, and I started to pray. And that's when Cliff all of a sudden reached up and grabbed my other hand and held it as tight as he could. And when I finished, he squeezed and he said, Lance, thank you for doing that. We needed it. And as I walked away, uh, he, he, he called out to me and said, hey, Lance, Lance, uh, come here. So I, I went back and he said, hey, listen, would you be willing to go to lunch with us after, uh, after the services? Now, I, I had something else I really wanted to do. And I just said, listen, Cliff, I, thanks for the invitation but I have something else that I need to do after this. And he said, no problem. And as I walked away, did, by that, did I mention I'd been praying for him for a long time? Uh-huh, yeah, okay, so it was time for the funeral to start. And as I made my way up toward the front of the chapel, all of a sudden I realized that was a divine appointment I was supposed to keep that I had walked right past. Now, later on in the week, I called and I, and I went out to hang out with, their, with them at their house. So I was kicking myself at that moment in time, though. I wonder, has that ever happened to you? Uh, you know, you look back and realize the very thing you should have been aware of happening happened. And you walked right past it. Hey, we've all been there. And, and I know that one of the keys to seizing these opportunities that come our way is to practice awareness. See, I don't believe in coincidences. I think God is always at work around us, especially for we who follow Jesus, and he wants his children to be aware of his active presence. And Ruth today will show us that God incidences do happen to those who are aware. The name of that song was Open My Eyes. I thought a perfect song for what we want to talk about today. Now, on our mantle at home is this little item here. It's a frog. It's an antique frog, by the way. It's the toy that my father-in-law had when he was a kid. And it does this. My oldest grandson, who's 10, likes to pluck this off the mantle and walk around the house doing that. You know why he likes to do that? Because it's annoying. Right? Okay, yeah, it's annoying. And uh, he'll do that. I know he wants to annoy us because every time he does it, he looks at us. 
And finally, his grandma will say, okay, that's enough. And then he'll put the smile, he'll put it back up on the, on the mantle. Now, this is a very distinctive sound, right? It does draw attention. Wouldn't it be great if there was something like this that would draw our attention when a God incidence is coming our way? When something would click and say, hey, and keep us, our eyes looking up, our eyes looking around for God's hand at work. Well, the story of Ruth, and Ruth 2, in fact, shows God at work ahead of Ruth. And his plan for blessing her life and the life of Naomi started with the God incidents we're going to look at. So let's set the stage for the story. Naomi and Ruth had returned to Bethlehem following the death of Naomi's husband and two sons, one of which was Ruth's husband. Now, Ruth was not a Jew. I mentioned that before. She was a foreigner, an alien living in a land that did not welcome foreigners and considered them being outsiders. Now, on top of this, these ladies were poor. They had no breadwinner supporting them. They were living in poverty. And that's when Ruth steps out and puts herself in a place where the God incidence is going to occur. Here's what we read. Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Now this speaks to their destitute state. You see, God cares about the poor. Period. He cares about the poor. And this led to his laws being established, some of which provided for the poor. When farmers would harvest their grain in Bible times, they would often leave portions of the field standing so the poor could come in at the edges of the field and glean from those fields and have some food to take home for their, for their loved ones. They were picking up the leftovers. In fact, if, if grain would fall to the ground after the pickers, after the harvesters were picking it, they had to leave it there on the ground so the poor could pick it up. Now, there would not have been much left to pick up, but even a little bit looks good to those who are starving of hunger. So this is what Ruth went out to do. We read this. She went out and began to glean in the field behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan, the clan of Elimelech. Now remember, Elimelech was Naomi's husband. Now here's where a new character is revealed in the story. His name? Boaz. Boaz was a wealthy man. He was an important man in the city, where he was known as a man of standing, which means when Boaz talked, people listened to him. Because he was well-respected, and he had noble character. And he was a relative of Naomi's dead husband. Now, next week, we'll look more at that. But for today, I want to focus on four words. The words are, as it turned out. My question is, was it a coincidence that Ruth found herself in a field owned by a relative of her mother-in-law? Was it by chance she ended up exactly where she needed to be so that God could bless her and take care of her as she had hoped? See, even though she wasn't looking for God's activity in her life, he was there. His hand is all over this story in this chapter. Here's something I realize about God instances, guys. Sometimes we don't see them very clearly until we're already through them. Kind of like when I was at the funeral home that day. Now, I'm glad I saw it even in in belated because it allowed me to circle back and take advantage of that. See, even looking back, though, can be very valuable for us because when we look back, we can say, okay, God did do something. I missed it, but God did do something here. He wanted to guide and direct me. So Boaz shows up here at the field. He wants to see how the harvest is going. He greets his workers. They greet him back. And then he notices an unfamiliar figure working. He says, Whose young lady 
is that? And when he hears Naomi's daughter-in-law, he goes out to talk to her. Now, several things happened in this first encounter. First of all, Boaz welcomed Ruth into his protection. He told her, stay here and glean in my fields. Okay? I don't want you to go anywhere else. You stay here in my field. You will be protected here with my, with my servant girls. And Ruth was floored by this reception. She said to him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Remember, foreigners were outsiders. They were kept at arm's length at best, not welcomed anywhere. But Boaz did. He said, you're welcome here. Secondly, he acknowledged Ruth's character. He said, I heard about what you did for your mother-in-law, how you left where you lived and came to a place you didn't know anything about just because you cared about her. And then he gives her a blessing. He says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May he richly, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Here's what I realize. Good character is recognized by other people. And that's exactly the place here. Boaz knew her reputation. That she cared for her mother-in-law. And he, he wanted to just affirm her for that. So after this initial interaction, at lunchtime, Boaz invites Ruth to his own table with the rest of the workers. Again, she didn't deserve this. She didn't earn it. But he said, I want you here with me. He demonstrated incredible hospitality, which spoke again to his character. And then following lunch, he says this to the guys who are harvesting. He said, listen, don't embarrass her. Even if she goes into the places of the field that aren't even picked yet, don't correct her. In fact, here's what I want you guys to do. When you, pick the field, when you pick the field, I want you to take some of the stalks out of your own bundles and place them on the ground behind you so she'll have something to pick up. Boaz, what a man. Who was he to Ruth? Well, I see it kind of like this. Several of us use this the morning, this morning, right? Okay. And what does this do? This provides protection. I think this is what Boaz was to Ruth. He was a protector to her. Not only was he a protector, he was a benefactor, welcoming her into his family group there around the table. And not only that, Boaz provided for her. He was generous as he gave her what she needed. Not what she deserved, he gave her what she needed. In many ways, I think Boaz was a Jesus figure in this story here. See, what does Jesus do? He stands up for the downtrodden. He feels compassion for the hurting. He provides for those who are in desperate situations. He does it at his own expense. That's our Jesus. Was it just chance that brought Ruth into this specific field at this specific time when Boaz was there? I don't think so. I think it was a God incidence. Now, when Ruth's day in the field was done... She had a bountiful return for her work. Now, she had gone out hoping to get this much, okay? This would have provided about a day's worth of food. They lived day to day back then in Bible times, by the way. And so this would maybe have given her and Naomi enough to eat just by the picking up the leftovers. But instead of this, she brought home this. It was over five gallons, what she brought in. And when she walked into the house with all the grain that she had gleaned, Naomi said, what in the world is going on here? Because they knew what should have been, and all of a sudden they're blessed with this. 
And Naomi said, whose field did you end up in? And I love Ruth's response. Um, I was there. The guy's name was Boaz. And all of a sudden, Naomi says, whoa, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Here's what she says. The Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the, to the living and the dead. That man is our close relative. He is our kinsman redeemer. This will take shape next week, okay? Next, next week. Now, remember last week, Naomi told her friends when she returned home, hey, I don't want you to call me Naomi anymore, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter, because she said this, the Lord has afflicted me. He has brought bitterness upon me and misfortune. And now, with one little God incidence, her whole outlook on life changes because she realizes that maybe God hasn't forsaken me. Maybe God hasn't left me. He's still going to provide. I need to pay attention. There's several things I see in this chapter about preparing for God incidences. Uh, first of all, I know God is always at work around us. And I think he wants to show up for his children. And he wants us to recognize when he shows up for his children. So what do we learn from Ruth? Well, here's a couple things. One, I think we need to always be, be moving. We need to keep moving in life. Uh, I was reading a book last week called uh, Peaks and Valleys. It was about attitude. And one statement stuck out to me. The writer said this, there's a difference between wishing for a better future and following a sensible vision. The difference is in the doing. And here's what he said. Wishing leads to no action. See, Ruth could have wished for the food she and Naomi needed to survive. Wished that it would show up on their doorstep magically. But she didn't. Because wishes don't produce results. Ruth instead stepped out and did something. I've been told that it's easier to steer a moving object than it is to steer something that isn't moving. I learned this, the truth of this when I was kayaking with my bride a couple weeks ago on the intercoastal waterway down in Mobile Bay. Uh, by the way, uh, kayaking together is a good test of a marriage. Okay? I mean, just put it like that. Okay? I was in the back steering, okay? Now, uh, there were times, it was a two miles out and two miles back, okay? And there were times during that, <laughs> there were times that I got tired, okay? I got tired. There were some times we, we, we communicated real well and we paddled together very well. There were other times, well, let's just say it didn't work out quite that well, okay? And, and when we were stopped and we found ourselves in the middle of the intercoastal waterway and we were stopped and Darla said, we need to get out of here. I said, yeah, I know, um, I'm tired. And I, I just said, that, well, let's get moving. But you can't steer something that isn't moving. Now, when we got going good, left, left, right, right. I, I do great commanding from the back, by the way. It was good stuff. Left, left, right, right. Hey, we flew across the water. It is real easy to steer something that's moving. Okay? That's why we need to be people on the move. Ruth didn't feel sorry for herself. She didn't bemoan her situation. She decided to do what she could to help their situation. That's why she found herself in Boaz's field. She moved. Second thing, I think we need to look for God around us. When Boaz came to the field, his response to Ruth caught her attention. Why would you care about someone you don't even know? Why would you want to help me? That doesn't even make sense. See, but Boaz realized that she was a special lady. He had no romantic intention at that point in time, but he realized she was special because she took care of her mother-in-law, even though she didn't have to. 
But Ruth didn't see that. Now, she knew something was happening because, again, she expected to have this to bring home, and instead she had this. She knew something was going on, but she didn't really know what it was because the culture didn't really tell her what it was. But she knew something was happening. We need to be aware when things are happening around us. Now, I, uh, I, I helped churches get started in, in Chicagoland. We're going to start some churches in northwest Indiana, and we're going to start Latino churches and in some of the churches we have over there already. But we have a facility over there. We're going to sell that in order to get the funds so we can start more multiple churches. And uh, right after we decided to sell that, I got two calls within two hours about a young man in Gary, Indiana, who wants to start a church. Now, I, I had no idea this guy was around. But I'll tell you what, when, when I get two calls in two hours, with, I, it causes me to pay attention. That's what I told God. I said, I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to pay attention. So I met with this guy on Monday. We're going to meet again on Thursday. God's doing something. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I want to pay attention because I see him doing something. I'll be honest. Most of the time, I have no idea what's going on. Okay? I really don't. But I do want to be aware. So I look for God. Uh, thir third thing I see here is that we, we need to tell others our story. See, Ruth shared the news of what had happened to her with her mother-in-law that day. And it just opened up Naomi's heart. You saw the change in her from where she was to where she was now. I, I could see her being very bitter before. And all of a sudden, she's filled with hope. Because she realizes that God has done something to put Ruth in Boaz's field. I think when we share our stories of God incidences with others, it does two things. One, it encourages us to look for more of them. I think when we look for experiences or look for God's hand at work, we will see them because we see what we're looking for. You know what I see when I drive along the road? I see deer. You know why I see deer? Because I'm looking for deer. Okay, I'm looking for them. We, we do. We see what we look for. And guys, when we look for God incidences ourselves, we realize, hey, I, I want to see him again. I want to see him again. The second thing it does, though, it helps other people. Now, our, our God incidents we see, when we tell the story to others, it can help other people. And they'll say, maybe if God did that for you, he could show up for me. And every follower of Jesus knows he is going to show up. He is going to show up. Now, I could tell you all kinds of stories. We don't have time for that right now. But I just want you to know, I believe in God incidences. I, I believe it because I've seen him in action over and over again. So we need to tell the story. So as it turned out, Ruth found herself in Boaz's field. I love those words. The story will continue to develop in chapter 3. Now, my question is, what are each of us going to do with these moments, these as-it-turns-out moments in the week ahead? So I want to ask you to do a couple things. First of all, I'd like you to start each day with a prayer of anticipation. I like Psalm 5.3. It says this, In the morning, O Lord, I lay my request before you, and I wait with expectation. I would like to encourage everyone here to, to ask God in the morning before you get out of bed, Hey, help me to keep my eyes open for you today because I want to see you around me. 
That's one reason why I gave you one of these today when you walked in today. And thank you to everyone who handed these out for me. I appreciate that. Because as you're moving, anticipating action, you're going to see some things around you. You're going to see opportunities. And what I want to encourage you to do is when you see an opportunity, step into it. Uh, maybe it's a conversation that just come, appears randomly with someone. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a, uh, a neighbor you want to see. Or, and maybe it's an opportunity to help someone. Whatever it may be, there are going to be opportunities that will become God incidences as we step into them. You know, I was uh, getting a chiropractor uh, adjustment a few years ago. And my chiropractor was telling me about his dog. And how his dog was uh, paying, might, may have to be put down. And, and I just, I got, felt that prompting. Hey, ask him if you can pray for him. So I did. I prayed for him. I prayed for his dog. So I was getting an adjustment a few weeks ago. And uh, he was having some, some hip issues. And uh, I said, hey, uh, Brent, can I, can I pray for you? And he said, Lance, listen, I remember when you cared enough to pray for a dog. He said, yes, you can pray for me. You know, we never know when those divine appointments come up. But if we're willing to step into them, we can help somebody. We can make a difference. So who around you could hear, could benefit from hearing your story of God showing up? You know, several of you shared your crossroads stories with me last night, last week, which was a blessing to me. But I'll tell you what, our stories highlighting God can bring help and hope to people who need help and hope. So don't be shy about stepping up. I mean, about speaking up. Everybody loves a good story. And we followers have the greatest story of all to share of a God who loves us and who is actively involved in our lives. Hey, Boaz blessed the life of Ruth and Naomi by ministering to the least of these. Hey, let's look for the people that God loves around us in the week ahead. And let's respond with love and compassion. Because if we look, he will provide as it turns out.